Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, he's not quite a coffee asshole, but he's still an asshole about coffee. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. This is the Journey for Java podcast. A show about coffee, for people who enjoy coffee, and like listening to stories about people, places, and things involving coffee. Seriously, only an asshole would make it this complicated. It's the Journey for Java podcast. You want some coffee? Yeah, make it fresh pot. A Britain on Tour podcast show. Fresh pot! About what else? Coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? Here's BD. And there it is, everybody. Welcome to the very first Journey for Java, Brenton on Tour version of the podcast. We're, we're changing it up a little bit. We've come back to coffee, uh, and I am joined by my good friend, Jeremy Gersey. How are you, sir? Hey, Brent. How are you doing? I'm great good, to, man. It's been like a year and a half. Yeah, like a year and a half. We were on the beach, and now we're all in homes. <laughs> yeah, now we're uh, COVID re- restricted and uh, homebound. So. Yeah. 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 Well, we're trying a new look here. I've got a fancy little chair over here. I've got, uh, you know, I've got a couple of different things on the go, trying to have some fun, trying to change the look up for the journey for Java. I decided to come back to coffee. People have been asking me, when do I come back to coffee? When am I having more coffee people on? What's the plan? And here we are. And uh, here nice. you are. And it's been a while. And uh, I just wanted to, to, to welcome you to the brand new show. Thanks for being our first guest. Thank awesome. you. It's good to be here. Good to be here. Now, um, part of this uh, journey for Java that I'm on is obviously trying to find amazing coffee from around the from around the world, virtually, uh, roasters still virtually, people with coffee stories virtually, because I can't get there, but I still get to go to the local coffee shop and uh, dive in. So I'm trying to do that as much as I can. What are you doing, my friend, in coffee well, world right now? What's, what's uh... going on? Well, a lot has changed in the last year and a half. So uh, navigating COVID is uh, job number one, uh, getting through it, surviving, uh, all of that's good, kind of readapting how we do things. Uh, but the other is I actually merged uh, with this beautiful brand right here. It's called uh, Coffee Manufactory, and it is out of uh, Tartine. So I actually merged with Tartine Bakeries, uh, out of San Francisco, and I'm now overseeing the entire combined coffee division, which is Coffee Manufactory. So these are really awesome uh, coffees, uh, all about sustainability, traceability, uh, using our cloud roasting process, which I've talked about in the past, being less acidic, uh, using you know a very rare technique to uh, that kind of differentiates us from everything else out there. Uh, but this is awesome, awesome coffee. So I'm happy. Now, was that was that out of um, uh, without getting too personal? Was that out of necessity, given the the current state of the world, or was it an opportunity that presented it to you before COVID, or was it just sort of like, hey, let's put our heads together? How did it kind of come about? It actually came about before COVID. Uh, okay. The deal started happening then, and I had a relationship with the parent company that owns uh, Tartine. 
uh, and it's been a long relationship and they basically had their eyes on me to bring me into the company. And then uh, when they randomly called me before COVID uh, to start talking about this stuff, they're like, hey, you know, we want to bring you in. We are looking for someone to run this company and we like your, your style of, of operation. And then I said, well, it's a little bit of a conflict. You know, I have my own company. Well, they said, well, what if we buy you out? And it turned out to be a merger. We ended up merging the two brands together. Uh, Manufactory being the predominant brand. Uh, Jay Gersey will now become a subsidiary brand of it. Uh, the beautiful thing about uh, the combined company is these coffees are lightly roasted. They are specialty grade. Uh, we can identify the farm, the farmer that harvested it. Uh, we put money back into the community through a traceability initiative. And then we still have the Jay Gersey side, which is more medium to darker roast. So we kind of now have something for everybody, right? We have the medium darker for those that prefer you know, the Pete's uh, style of coffee sure. that I, I call, you know, I call my dad's coffee because that's what he grew up on. Uh, and then we call it, like, uh, most people call it rocket fuel, <laughs> rocket fuel, rocket fuel. Right. <laughs> uh, and then you have, uh, you know, coffee manufactory, uh, which is, you know, a specialty coffee. Uh, a lot of single origins we offer. We have a Latin constantly changing every season because we're buying from such small farms. And we actually send somebody to the farms we build the relationship. We're buying direct. Uh, it's a really, uh, really cool process, and uh, we're very involved on the producer side with the farmers. So you so, had a full-time job before, but now you've got a real, real, real full-time job. Now I have a fuller-time job. Yes. <laughs> so do you enjoy the do you enjoy the switch over? Like do you do you enjoy the balancing the both of them, or are you missing the the just running Gersey Coffee and then? Or is it this you know, adventure? No, I, I, I enjoy what I do. You know, I know you had Tim uh, Wendelbow on before and, yeah. you know, we, we love what we do. It's not work. When I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is actually grind, hit my grinder and do a pour over. First thing when I wake up, get out of yeah. bed, hit that grinder, get the hot water <laughs> boiling on the stove, uh, my little kettle for my pour over and but I enjoy it. It's not work. You, I hate waking up early in the morning, but I could wake up for the rest of my life if this is my job because it doesn't feel like a job. So uh, it's that excitement that keeps me going. And, you know, I, I, I love it. It's challenging. Uh, definitely, this is a much bigger operation than I was before. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of divisions. Uh, we have stores uh, through Tartine, our sister company. So we have um, a lot of uh, retail locations as well that we roast the coffee for and maintain the standard of the coffee. So uh, it's definitely an interesting animal compared to what I was doing before because I was more focused on hospitality with hotels and restaurants. And then, of course, before that, you know, the whole celebrity factor, touring with celebrities, being a barista, you know, to Tom Cruise, Cameron Diaz, Spielberg, Tarantino, uh, and then Larry David, let's not forget. So of course. Um, my life of coffee, 27 years has been a complete evolution. Uh, it's interesting now to be involved on the, on the producer side too, uh, you know, where you're involved with the, the growth of the coffee, the agricultural aspect of it. Uh, it's a completely, and that again, too, is another completely animal. Uh, I was always very meticulous in how we purchase coffee before the merger. And, uh, but even now it's times 10 with the merger. 
so it's been extremely beneficial. We're also in Whole Foods. Uh, we have about 80 Whole Foods stores that we sell to and a, and a couple other big box retailers. So uh, that actually has been a great supply line and uh, lifeline for the company mm -hmm. during COVID because I'm based right now in California and it's been nothing but obviously lockdowns, restrictions, no outdoor dining for the last since Thanksgiving. Yeah. We've had no outdoor dining. They finally lifted it this week. So that's are you shipping thing. a lot though? Like are you in Canada and around the world or are you just in North in America right now? Uh, no, we have actually a couple accounts in Canada. Uh, we're selling nationwide. We're in Miami. We're in New York. Uh, we're in uh, the Rocky Mountain region through distributors. Uh, that's another interesting component too. We work with a lot of distributors now because of the Whole Foods and box stores. You have to go in with distribution. So uh, we'll ship by the pallet to say a distributor and they'll handle those regions. So that's a whole other complete. So there's so many, like I said, there's so many moving parts. There's the distribution model. Then mm -hmm. you have the sales side because you have to build all these sales relationships. And then you have the producer side with the farms. Then you have the production side producing the coffee. <laughs> it's a, there's a lot, then you got to market, you know, listen, you get coffee on the shelf. It doesn't just sell itself. You know, you have to market it. You have to promote, you have to create something that, you know, nobody else is doing to differentiate yourself. So it's definitely challenging, but fun, you know, fun challenges. Is it, uh, Man, oh, I mean, it was challenging enough running your own everything before. You said yeah, you moved sure. to LA. Are you guys? You were talking about um, you had your roastery um, and cloud roasting and the whole system set up in uh, in Vegas before. Are you still there, or have you? Yeah. So uh, no. Is, so we is, still does this come with you? Like the cloud roasting go with you now? Is it mandatory? Like if you're bringing me in, we're cloud roasting everything. It was. I literally had to go to the board and show them the difference in the roast, and uh, you know, basically sell them on hey this what is the more superior roasting process and cloud roasting one based on taste, on uh, yeah. efficiency, low carbon footprint. We have a lower carbon footprint, which is important. You know, these bags are uh, bio tree, they're uh, compostable. So we're really big on the environment uh, as part of our ethos for the company. So, you know, sticking with that, this was the roasting process fit right in because it's, I mean, we have very to little, no carbon footprint. Uh, based on the process. But yeah, it, I let the coffee sell itself, you know, uh, when I had to make that. But we still have our facility in Vegas. Uh, so we're still operating. We actually, because of Tartine and that relationship, we actually have offices now in San Francisco, offices in Los Angeles, and then roasting uh, and distribution out of Nevada with Las Vegas. So we're, we're pretty, uh, we got a nice little footprint. Yeah, I would consider sure. you... Um... One of the smartest people I've met about coffee. Are you smarter now? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think so. You know, listen, it's, I look at the people that have taken me under their wing over yeah. the years, like my mentor yeah. and this, the guy who mentored me and taught me how to roast was a genius, right? Absolute genius. But he didn't wake up one day and become that genius. You know, he, it's like knowledge gained over time. And so I feel that you know, I'm a veteran of coffee, uh, being 27 years in the business. I feel I'm a pioneer in the fact that, you know, we were the first to ever go into the entertainment industry with coffee. It didn't exist. It was yeah. styrofoam cups and Folgers when I came along and we brought that chemistry, that fun high-end version of coffee that is now available 
on a mass scale throughout the United States and the world, actually. Uh, but we were early pioneers of that. And so, you know, I feel it's all coming full circle. Uh, definitely over the years, made a lot of mistakes, but learned from them. And, you know, you progress. You know, the one thing about me is I don't make the same mistake twice. So we're all human. We all screw up. We all make mistakes. But me, my team, uh, you know, we it's one time and then we learn and then we move forward. So that's the that's another great thing about us. Last time I saw you, we were uh, in L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I guess I saw we did the interview at the beach, but then um, you came to Allison Chains and Corn. Yeah, that was uh, a great show, which uh, was a blast. And uh, I guess yeah. we saw each other there and uh, for that. And then uh, yeah. the world, I guess the that's it. Changed. The world changed um, about around this time last year, about a month from now. Um, yeah. What have you been doing for fun, dude? <laughs> like, is it, it's all been focusing <laughs> on this new company, Emerger. You actually, I guess LA has been so weird um travel and everything no one's getting a chance to do that but um what what are you what's jay what are you doing man what are you doing uh well uh for me for fun i love if the weather permits uh i've taken up paddle boarding my new i love uh paddle boarding i love the water i've always been a a water guy (laughs) so uh whether it's renting a boat and racing across the ocean in a speedboat or paddle boarding or surfing or bodyboarding uh, you know, so that's been my new hobby. Uh, spent a lot of time at the beach, just uh, renting bikes and like riding on the beach path and, uh, you know, admiring the ocean and then uh, grabbing some seafood and uh, yeah. a lot of eating, a lot of eating during COVID. <laughs> uh, so, and a lot of coffee drinking and, you know, just exploring, trying to get creative with like stuff to do. So it's not the same like routine stay at home, Postmates, watch Netflix, you know, uh, coming up with fun ideas and concepts and, you know, stuff like that. So that's kind of how I've been spending my time. And then of course, um, you know, working and, uh, you know, in the early days of COVID, I spent a lot of time, like, you know, we were actually, we were actually closed, uh, from March, uh, when the pandemic was declared, it was, uh, March 10th was the declaration. And, we closed on March 17th and we didn't reopen until July. So uh, our whole entire business at the time was hotels and restaurants and due to lockdown, they all dropped occupancies and it took till July for stuff to come back. So I actually spent a lot of time just like scouring resources, uh, working with the great state of Nevada, who's been a huge, huge support system for us as a company. Uh, giving us resources, making sure that, you know, all of our employees and, and myself can, were able to keep health insurance, able to pay our rents, uh, mortgages, et cetera. And so that was like a really, you know, that was, I spent a lot of time researching like grants and yeah. and PPP and, and that, believe it or not, that's almost a full-time job. There was times during the COVID that I was like, from nine to five, all I'm doing is researching on the internet, who has grants, who has loans, uh, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, so that was, that was a great thing for us, uh, to survive. And, you know, it, it's about survival, uh, right now it's, it's about coming out of the pandemic. Obviously a lot of companies are flourishing, uh, during these times, but so many are not. And, 
you know, in the restaurant industry, you lost one third of your restaurants. They're never coming back. These restaurants. I know uh, it's a real. It's, it's it's quite something to see. And I I uh, I think about it all the time because up in Canada here, parts of the country are completely shut down. Some of them are in full lockdown. Here in British Columbia, we've kind of gone between lockdown and not. But you can still run to the coffee shop and get something. And then it's kind of weird because you can go in and order, but there's still people sitting inside. Right. But then, like that's deemed essential but then yeah i don't know but then gyms and stuff like there's a it's it's a really weird thing that businesses yeah. have to struggle with and uh, and uh, the funny th- the funny thing is is uh coffee seems to make it through i guess it's just a matter of yeah like yeah. coffee it's- seems to be making it through not everybody but coffee seems to make it through is that uh is that accurate that uh that yeah. well you know the thing about coffee is it's an affordable luxury so even during the recession of 2008, yeah. the world recession, you know, coffee still was a thing because it's affordable. It's a luxury that you can afford, you know, back then. I mean, I remember when Starbucks first came out and it was $4 for a latte, right? right? You know, people are used yeah. to 99 cent McDonald's coffee or, or maybe uh, Horton's, uh, Tim, Tim uh, you know, Tim Horton's in, up where you are in Second Cup and and came along and it's like, that was unknown, like create $4 for like, you could buy a, a value pack, a value meal at McDonald's for $4. And now you're only getting one drink. Yeah. yeah. But that foundation was laid. It, the concept was proven and listen, Starbucks, it wasn't a fad. It was a culture that was created and it's still alive to this day. And of course it's evolved because you have the pour overs and the blue bottles and the, you know, um, all the crafts, uh, craftsmanship of coffee. So, and I'm sure in the next 20 years, you're going to see another evolution. I don't know what it's going to be. If I could predict it, I'd be very wealthy, but uh, you know, the fourth wave, you know, there's always talk Oh, 3d latte art was going to be the fourth wave uh, with the, you know, three dimensional art, but you know, I don't know what the fourth wave is going to be, but I know it will come. You've had a first, a second and a third. So Uh, you'll definitely, there'll be some kind of evolution at some point. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have heard rumblings um, mm-hmm. that uh, I'm going to do a couple things on the podcast here. We're going to come up with, we're going to, we're going to get into some of your art. Um, I, I've got some questions for you on um, kind of a, not necessarily rapid fire, but we're going to, I'm going to have everybody answer the same five questions as to uh, what they're going to do. But uh, debunking a myth is one of the things that I really want to dive into, um, which I touched on last week. I did a little bit of a post about, uh, roast, a uh, dark roast, and like whatever mm-hmm. had more caffeine and whatever. But uh, I am hearing rumblings and rumors. This is the rumor part. I'm hearing rumors yeah. that the world is running out of Arabica. Go. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say, well, uh, yes and no. Okay. I can tell you this. Um, there's definitely been some issues with growing Arabica. You had Hurricane Iota 
You had um, a rust in Brazil. Uh, there's definitely been some factors. However, I can tell you that during the pandemic and still, we're still in the pandemic, it's just a different level of it. Uh, there was for a while an oversupply of coffee compared to demand because there was only takeout uh, for a long time in the United States. Like I can't speak everywhere, but uh, within the United States, there was a lot, consumption had lowered itself uh, because you didn't have restaurants. You did have people making coffee at home. Uh, so, but right after, I can tell you every trader in the country was calling me, traders I've never heard of. Hey, we have a special, we have coffee, we have too much coffee, we wanna get rid of it. You know, um, so there was definitely an oversupply than demand. On the other hand, you know, consumption will be back. And when you're thinking about it in that factor, you know, and with these, the few setbacks they had with the hurricanes, the rust, uh, the different, you know, environmental factors, then there could possibly be a shortage in the future. It's kind of like Christmas trees. I don't know. I went to buy a Christmas tree. I got the smallest tree and it was like the most money I've ever spent for a tree. And the guy was telling me, yeah, a couple of years ago, we had a Christmas tree shortage where you're feeling the effects of it now from a couple of years ago. Um, but there was actually a shortage of Christmas trees. So scarcity drives the market up. Uh, the market has, it did dip quite a bit uh, during COVID uh, because you couldn't, you know, farmers couldn't produce, but they had an oversupply. So it's a, you know, I, I kind of got to go either way about the shortage. There definitely will be a shortage at some point uh, because consumption will grow and it will get back to where it was. So there you have it. That's, that's my, that's my answer. There you have it. It's kind my of, there's kind of a shortage. Answer. There's kind of a shortage, but not really, but maybe. So there we go. Yeah. And that's, you know what? And that's what I'm hearing. And it's interesting because it was going to drive, you know, uh, it's going to drive pricing. And so I just, I worry, I wonder how it affects Coffee's somebody. Coffee's definitely like, going, it yeah. is going up now, but it did go down, down, down to a, a low, like an all time low. Like yeah. I'm talking around July, August of this past year, it was, it was significant drops. I mean, huge. So do you make it to, do you get a chance to go to, uh, and we'll jump in a minute, but do you get a chance to go to um, the farms and stuff? I know when I was talking to Tim and I know you listened to that, that interview too, and, and yeah. he was part of a group of roasters that have really tried to make a conscious effort to, you know, at least control that market, you know, like for pricing yeah. and stuff like that, or they've done, they've tried to at least pay fairly. Um, what's your take on it? Like, what is, what is, what is your take? Well, what do you guys do to, to do that? We, we actually are part of the same exact traceability initiative awesome. as Tim. Awesome. Uh, so basically, you know, what we're doing is, and I'm just, this is not anything of price. I'm just going to throw a number out, right? Sure. Let's say the farmer determines, Hey, you know, this green coffee, this plantation, we have this much uh, acreage or hectares that we grew this coffee in. This coffee, we want 250 a pound. Guys like Tim, us through the Traceability Initiative, you want 250, we're going to give you 450. It's not that we're in a bid or an auction. We are giving them more so that we know this is what they wanted. We pay them over. Uh, and create sustainability. That money's going into their local economies. They're building schools, they're building communities, they're building, they're uh, working for above a fair wage. 
so we are part of that, uh, and it's really important, uh, the ethos of our company, you know, to maintain that. Uh, is it challenging at times? Sure, because, you know, when you're selling to distributors and you're grow and the price you're paying way above uh, a normal wage for coffee, it definitely has its challenges. Uh, what we've learned to do is um, some of our, like our African coffee, we've had a Rwanda, very, very high-end, expensive, high-cupping score coffee, but we'll charge more for that particular blend. Sure. So to kind of offset. Uh, so we're trying to keep like core products, like espresso is a core product, a filter or drip coffee is a core product, you know, try to keep those prices stabilized, still using very high quality, paying farmers above what wages that they're asking. But the ones that we're really paying high on, you know, putting those as like a seasonal, uh, basically a seasonal offering. So, you know, once it runs out, we go to the next one and, and kind of offset the high price that we're paying. But again, it's all about stimulating the economy, right? So we're stimulating these economies in Latin America, Africa, uh, Indonesia. So it's um, you know all part of the initiative, and and it's responsible. You know, it's responsible on our. When part. you get to travel again, are you going to go check them out? You get to go. Uh, I definitely going to check it out. We have yeah. a girl uh, within the company. Uh, she's a director of coffee, and she's gone to all the oh, plantations. Great, great. I would love that title. I would love that title. Yeah, <laughs> director of coffee, green coffee, I should say. Yeah. She uh, she went and she basically meets with all the farmers. She lives on the farms, and you know that's really a big part of our company is building that relationship from the farmer, you know, direct to us and then us to the consumer. So it's a really, um, you know, it's been a fantastic thing for us and it's it's been uh, really informative and, and we get to see like what the farmers go through and we sure. get to see that they're being paid well and that they're, you know, living, uh, you know, being treated ethically. So uh, it's, it's really a special experience for us. I personally, uh, at one point I will get to go. I haven't gone yet. Uh, the only farms I've really been on in the last few years have been Kona farms uh, in Hawaii, which uh, are, are still, um, you know, obviously great coffee, very scarce, uh, rarity coffee. Uh, but, you know, I do want to make my way to Latin America and, uh, mm. you know, check out some of these coffees for sure. Me too. I want to get down there too. <laughs> well, we'll All right, a, let's play let's, a little game. Let's charter, charter the jet. Charter the jet. <laughs> let's play a little game. Okay, we're going to, a couple things coming up uh, for the viewers here. Uh, yeah. As we move to um, uh, putting this out on video, we are going to, uh, Jay's going to uh, show you some art, some of his artwork. And they use your hands in movies. Do they still use your hands in movies? Or is that, not, is that uh, over? You're just too busy now. You're just no, too no, busy. I'm trying, well, I just did a thing for Google. Uh, nice. They hired me to do some content for them uh, with latte art, which was nice. Uh, the last movie I did in a scene was The Politician on Netflix. I did okay. uh, had some latte art in the scene. I did that, and I did Westworld, actually. Um, nice. I did a, I did a uh, thing. I did not do, uh, what's the one, uh, the Game of Thrones, where the coffee cup is in the shot? That <laughs> was not me. That's not yeah, you. That wasn't. That wasn't. I don't me. think they had espresso machines back then, anyways. <laughs> no. So, uh, but uh, it was funny because I did Westworld after that, which was another HBO show, obviously. Yeah. And uh, they were laughing. They're like, "Hey, should we put the cup in the shot to like mimic?" Uh, put Game a Jake, Jeremy Gersey coffee brand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, you know, right. uh, we're doing some cool stuff with some bands, though. We're doing a lot of uh, really cool licensing stuff. So. 
I, I think last time we touched upon, uh, we finally did the concept with Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, a huge, huge hit beyond my wildest dreams. 27 Club, it's in Cleveland. It's his connection to his fans and giving back to his community. And people are lining up out the door every day in the snow. What kind of blend is snow. that? Is it rocket fuel or is it uh, a little bit more medium or light? This, or is, what? Uh, this one, we did a Diablo blend. Uh, it's a medium roast. It's African, Central American. And the you ready for the big, There's a, you're not going to believe there's a lot of vegans in, uh, in Cleveland. I was surprised myself when I heard that. We created just on a whim on a, you know, I call it a, a crazy inspiration. Everything in 27 Club is pink. Uh, that's Kel's, Machine Gun Kelly's favorite color. Pink espresso machine, custom done. The walls are pink. Everything's pink. I go in there and I had my lattes and everything ready to go. And I'm like, I got to do something pink, man. I can't just do, uh, you know, chop mochas and all this stuff. So I created this dragon fruit, basically pink latte. We take the rim of the cup, it's dipped in agave, which is vegan. Uh, we dip it then in ground up, stone ground dragon fruit, uh, which is like like a basically reflective, crystallized pink, almost looks like pink sugar. And then we do a pink milk uh, with dragon fruit, a dragon fruit infused milk, which is oat uh, if it's vegan. Uh, and then we'll do, we do a hot version, a cold version, that is all the rage. Uh, everyone wow. orders that drink. It's all over social media. And again, it was a fluke. It was just like I came in with my set of drinks, and then all of a sudden, this. You know what? I threw them. I threw them all out and did the pink latte, and it turned out to be a real winner. So make sure um, we we'll make sure we link to that because I think everyone would. Uh, yeah, for sure. To it. Um, and you're still working just, with corn, our, our buddy Ray and corn. Love, love me some corn. Uh, Going to hopefully work on some new blends soon. Uh, awesome. But the blends we've done are awesome. We just hooked up with uh, Coheed and Cambria. A, okay. uh, another some metal, more metal. Uh, yeah, a little. Uh, they have an awesome following. Uh, very comic book-esque. Uh, I would love to show you the bag, but they made me sign a non-disclosure sure. and I can't show anybody, but... The bag is, they had these artists create these like limited edition bags and the, the end, I created the limited edition blend for each bag. So the coffee though is phenomenal. Um, it came out really, really good. The bag is insane. Uh, it will be released soon. So look, definitely look out for it on the internet, social media. And um, I'm, I was really surprised that they're following. They have such a strong following and uh, really dedicated fans and, uh, the pre-orders are out the roof. So uh, that was a really fun project. Uh, looking forward to doing more. Uh, they're also with Rock Nation. So we've been doing some stuff with the Rock Nation artists, uh, a new fitness model. I've uh, been working with Kayla Lauren on a like an organic, healthy line of coffee. Uh, so uh, just kind of... Uh, Dude, you're doing, you know, about, you're doing about as many jobs <laughs> as the rest of us. <laughs> Trying to, that's uh, hey, great. You know, I think it's awesome, man. Yeah, I think it's awesome. So it's, it's been a, you know, we found, we found a nice niche with uh, rock stars and musicians. And, and the thing is, like, people don't realize it's COVID. They can't tour. You know, they can mm -hmm. stream music and create, like, music videos. But, uh, you know, merch is all they have right now for income, you yeah. know, these artists besides streaming. And yeah. so, like, they have to get creative. They have to find ways to connect to their fans. And so, you know, some of these limited edition coffees have been an awesome device, you know, for connecting. 
So, which is also why corn created corn yeah. coffee, you know, same thing, a way to connect to fans with something that they enjoy in their daily routine. So that, that's been, uh, you know, that's been awesome. So cool. So what we're going right. to do, uh, we're going to go to, um, there's two things that are coming up. The audio portion of this podcast is going to end shortly. And then uh, we're going to switch to um, some latte art to finish it, which you're going to have to go online to watch. And you have to go on Twitter and, and everywhere to kind of check out uh, Jeremy's awesome work. So before I let you go on the audio portion of the podcast, uh, I got a couple questions for you. We're going to try to do these. I'm going to ask you the question, see if we can get this in two minutes. Two minutes. See if you can okay. give me the Coles Notes version of everything okay all right all right and uh we'll go for it i got about five or six questions here i'm gonna ask everybody these questions that comes on the show whether they're actually a roaster or not just i'm they're general questions all right okay let's do it this is called the espresso shot three two one favorite coffee not yours Ooh, favorite coffee not mine uh <laughs> oh i know this i know this uh i like 49th parallel um they got freaking awesome coffee. Vancouver, uh, right? You got some up yeah, here in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, they're really, they do a great job. Uh, I like Go Get Em Tiger. Um, I, I prefer their execution. I think they have incredible, they're a local shop in LA, uh, but they do roast their own. They have incredible dedication to execution of coffee. Um, of course, I love our own as well. You know, Tartine's Coffee Manufactory is, you know, up there for me. Um, so awesome. uh yeah so definitely favorite roast. method of making coffee Ooh, okay so i do a hybrid uh pour over so what i use is a kalita uh the kalita being the metal kind of funnel which has the ruffled filter and then what i do is instead of that dripping into like a normal glass i drip it into a chemex and then, so when I'm pouring the Chemex, it aerates. So I get an aerated coffee. It's freaking awesome. That's my preferred. Uh, listen, I have a, you can kind of see back here. Yeah. I've got a huge, I, you can close your eyes and pick one. And like, I, at one point in my life, every morning I would close my eyes and be like, okay, oh, siphon, we're going to do siphon today. Oh, we're going to do Hario pour over. Uh, but consistently go back to the Kalita with the Chemex. Uh, great combination. Uh, definitely a winner. And easy hey. to clean up. Just throw that, throw throw that filter away. The siphon makes the best coffee on the planet, but it's a pain in the butt to clean. So, Favorite coffee region? Ooh, Africa. Uh, specifically Ethiopia. Ethiopia. I love my Ethiopian coffee. Yeah, hands down. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Hotel room coffee. Ooh. Or truck stop. Ooh, I'm going to say hotel room coffee because I feel like truck stop is that boiled over coffee that's been sitting in a metal percolator, just cooking and cooking. And it's probably bottom of the barrel where at least in the hotel, it's probably a Starbucks, uh, you know, so I'm going to say hotel. <laughs> Your best introduction to coffee is what? Aeropress then French press, AeroPress for sure. It's cool, great quality of coffee, yeah. very reasonably priced. I mean, it's made out of plastic, it's a molding. Uh, Araby hit a home run with that. Uh, it's it's awesome. I think I got one. Yeah, I got one right back here. I use one every <laughs> single day. So yeah, yeah, every single day. 
Absolutely. It's really, really, really the best. And um, last question, uh, the biggest misconception about coffee. The biggest misconception about coffee, well, I think you kind of touched on it earlier. It's really people assume darker the roast, the more caffeine. No, the lighter the roast, the more caffeine. The caffeine is in the shell of the coffee. In fact, when you have Swiss water, let's say decaf, there's water that's been basically blowing off that or watering off that shell. Uh, so I would say uh, definitely the lighter the roast, uh, you know, it's definitely more caffeinated. I think that's a big misconception. Um, there's a big misconception. I, I won't get into it because I don't want to piss off the, the coffee gods, but uh, with cold brew and, and cold coffee, iced coffee, uh, some, you know, there's a whole thing of like, oh, it's not, it's not technically brewed if it's a Kyoto eight hour drip because it's cold, uh, brew has to have a hot process. You know, somebody down the back in the day created these rules. I don't necessarily know, um, you know, what gave them the, the authority to do that. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, that's, there's a big misconception with all that, you know, a brew, a, to me, a Kyoto eight hour drip is still a brew. It's a cold brew. It's dripping. It's it's just because the water itself is not hot doesn't mean that the brew process isn't uh, happening. So uh, that to me is a misconception. But you know, but that's to be that we duke it out. We that's the first ever that. espresso hit right there. That's the espresso shot on Journey for Java. There we are with Jeremy Gersey. Now you are going to do some latte art for me, um, and we're going to do this. Uh, uh, over the internets on the video. And so the audio portion of the podcast is going to end. We are going to record this and I'm going to post it on Twitter uh, right after uh, Jay is done with all this. But before I let you go, let's revisit where people can find you, where the new company, everything, how they can find your coffee in Canada and around America. And uh, then we'll get to some latte art. We do ship to Canada. So uh, they can find me three places. You can find me on social media uh, under J Gersey Coffee. That's J G U R S E Y Coffee. Uh, and then, of course, jgerseycoffee.com. And then our predominant company, Coffee Manufactory. It might be backwards with my camera. No, nope, uh, works but, perfect. Okay, coffeemanufactory.com. Uh, coffee manufactory on Instagram and Twitter and social media. And uh, you can find me at those three places. Uh, so come come holler, holler at me. Awesome. So this has been the first episode of the journey for Java. You can catch uh, Jeremy and I's uh, two part interview that we did about a year and a bit ago in California where we did some video as well um, out at a beautiful hotel in um in California, right on the beach. And uh, we had a great chat about your history and, and um, you know, the, <laughs> your history with uh, all the, you know, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld and everybody that was involved in that. Um, but uh, I really appreciate you making the time to come back on and help me launch the new one here, sir. And uh, you oh, can you find everybody pleasure. over there. So we're going to go make some latte art. This has been episode one of the journey for Java. That is Jeremy Garcia, my good friend. And now yours find his coffee, order it to your house and uh, follow us on Twitter at journey for Java. So you're going to see this video that we're going to do coming up right now on the journey for Java. Thanks, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks everybody.
Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.